This episode is brought to you in partnership with Iowa's Healthy Estate Initiative and Make It Okay. Did you know one in five people will have some kind of mental illness in a given year? It's okay to have mental illness. Many people do. It's okay to talk about mental illness. Talking makes people feel less alone. And it's okay to get help with mental illness. Life can get better. You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. We commonly associate PTSD with military veterans, but who else can be impacted by post-traumatic stress disorder? What are the signs and symptoms, and what are the options for help? want to welcome to the podcast Dr. Tom Otavi, a psychologist and a military veteran. You care for patients in Dubuque. Uh, first off, just introduce yourself, give our listeners some of your background about your expertise. Sure. I'm a licensed psychologist in Iowa and trained at University of Iowa and really specialized in youth and adolescence at first and then do more general work. I've worked in all kinds of different settings And then in 2010, I commissioned in the Iowa Army National Guard and do military psychologist work with them, uh, you know, still. And uh, so do a lot of different work in and around trauma treatment and and very wide range of uh, mental health issues as well. Yeah. So so um, we're coming up on Veterans Day and with behavioral health in mind, um, we're going to talk a little bit about PTSD today or post-traumatic stress. Um, so Dr. Otavi, let's just start out by defining post-traumatic stress or PTSD. What exactly is that? Sure. I mean, the, the disorder is, is a category that's been around since about 1980. And it really uh, brought together, you know, in the psychiatric manual, a specific definition at that time, I, without going into too much detail, it has changed over time. But but the basics of it certainly are what's happened to a person, an experience really outside the range of usual experience that's, you know, had an impact on our whole system, you know, meaning physically, biologically, you know, psychologically, socially, are a lot of the different areas of it. And it's been, um, you know, put into a format that people can be assessed for and, and to see if they meet the specific criteria uh, that are out there. And the criteria really go across a few different areas, including, you know, having an event that's happened that's been, you know, almost life-threatening or actually life-threatening, uh, lots of intrusive symptoms, they're called. So uh, flashbacks or thoughts of the event, emotional reactions that are very intense, um, anxiety is very hallmark, and then a lot of, of avoidance type behaviors too, not wanting to feel what you feel, be in places or around situations that remind a person of the traumatic events or certainly their memories of it. Uh, and then this persists uh, for a certain amount of time. Uh, PTSD, the full disorder, requires a whole month at least after the event of those kind of symptoms and and issues going on and being you know life interfering as well with work school relationships things like that and so when we talk about ptsd um 
we might first think uh, related to military, maybe combat veterans, but but we should uh, really actually just establish really right right away here that PTSD is not limited to members of the military. It, it can impact anybody in the general public. So let's talk a little bit about what types of things can trigger this disorder, what causes it, and how to get help. Sure. I mean, some of the common things, and I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because, I mean, definitely even youth certainly hit different types of, you know, life impacting events. And, um, you know, I've been trained in and working in around trauma informed care. And, and that's really about what's happened to people. And studies that have been around for some years now look at what's called adverse childhood experiences, the acronym ACE. So, so there's lots of studies out there about the impact of, you know, really early family events that go on for people. And I think listeners can, can research that pretty readily and, and look at some of the research. But basically, people have had exposure to or experience of uh, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, uh, parents with pretty serious mental health problems or substance abuse problems, just any instability within the family can be very impactful uh, for youth. So, so those kind of events um, you know, can cause issues maybe right then in childhood and adolescence. And then certainly in adulthood, uh, different kinds of uh, either natural disasters of different sorts, um, assaults or, or, or witnessing being around situations that have a great deal of stress so all of those kind of things um, that are that are part of life then are going to impact people, you know, to a good degree. And sometimes to the extent where, you know, the disorder sort of sets in and they have a lot of life impairment. So obviously those type of individuals that have been through an event, they, they would know that they've they've gone through that type of trauma. How would someone know? that they are suffering from the actual disorder itself. Right. I mean, I think, I think it can be sort of hard to sort of self-diagnose definitely, but I think, I think when, when there's been frequent reminders of an event, you sort of can't seem to shake it in, in different ways uh, as far as thoughts go, um, you know, disruptions in sleep are very common, uh, sometimes nightmares. They don't always have to be, present or going on, but they can, they're pretty common. I think if people are definitely have some approaching the full disorder going on, and then also just changes in the way you emotionally feel day to day, motivation, interest in things, you know, PTSD is really a, a combination of lots of different things going on with uh, even depression is, is a symptom that's there sort of not caring, not feeling connected. Um, so lots of these different changes across um, energy levels. Um, so it might be a real variety of things. And, and I would really encourage to, to seek out an opinion, to seek out some help and assessment, um, you know, if just some of those things are going on after a major life event and, and you're just not adjusting as well as you thought you would or had hoped. Um, so I'd encourage not to wait till you feel you really cross you know, the threshold of a full disorder, um, because we want to get to it early, clear it up, not have it settle in any more than it needs to get people back to some of their previous, you know, coping and, and resiliency and, and use of support systems. 
because sadly, people definitely isolate uh, with PTSD as well, or even something that's approaching it when they're just feeling very worked over uh, by a high impact event or maybe accumulative events that have happened as well. Um, I think uh, that certainly is often the case with military or civilian life traumas that there's been a few and they just sort of keep stacking up. And that's when uh, people feel uh, it's sort of a, a slow onset maybe, uh, but then I think it's really good to reach out for help um, you know, use people's support system, do some reading, because it, it's a very natural thing that the body will struggle at times uh, to process through these events. And you mentioned coping there and the constructive ways that, that people can cope, but noting that sometimes if they don't have that help, they can turn to more destructive ways to cope, whether it be some sort of substance abuse or dependencies. Yes. No, and I think, I think often, too, you know, it's the, the event, some of the trauma impact can get sort of lost that people then have, maybe they, they, they just think, oh, it's just depression, or I'm just generally anxious about a lot of things. Um, you know, the isolating, you tend to feel okay about it, because it, it sort of reinforces when you're, when you're, when you've shifted your life, you can get a bit resigned to it. And definitely, you know, substance use or abuse can very much become part of trying to deal with the sleep problems, the high anxiety, the activity, um, maybe the, the, the frustration or distance in relationships. So those things definitely do creep in. Um, and I think professionals, we, we work at, at uh, getting good histories, seeing what might be contributing and, uh, and then definitely, you know, helping people approach that. Um, with, with some good information about the, the good range of treatment options that there are, you know, through psychotherapy, you know, counseling, talk therapy, uh, at times consulting with medication professionals as well. Um, it can be very helpful to help get these, these um, impacts from PTSD contained and then start getting, again, on the road to some progress and some healing. And, and then people definitely... I've certainly found uh, end up growing and, and getting stronger and then looking back when they came through these situations um, and, and definitely are, are strengthened and, and very determined to, to build, rebuild their lives in the directions they want to go. Um, so what are some other resources for people who may believe that they do suffer this, from this disorder? I mean, in addition to professional help, what are some of those other resources? Yeah, I think I think there's some good resources out there uh, through National Institute of Mental Health. So NIMH has good website out there uh, with information related to trauma. Um, I think there's also some good um, about that circling back to the adverse childhood experiences or the ACEs. Um, Lots of good studies out there that um, and or resources that talk about the impact that that has on people's physical health and mental health. I think it's, it's good to stay you know, aware and grow in our understanding of that, too. I mean, how it literally impacts physical health if it's untreated as well with um, different types of headaches or chronic stomach aches. Um, impacts from, you know, resorting to smoking impacts in, in lots of different areas there, even with headaches and all kinds of different physical things. 
The Center for Disease Control has some, some good resources on both post-traumatic stress disorder um, and the youth issues. Um, I know one book I recommend very highly is The Body Keeps the Score, a well-known book written about PTSD in the general population and related to military a bit also. Uh, the authors Bessel, Vander Kolk, K-O-L-K, uh, but a very catchy title, The Body Keeps the Score, which is very true. And the book is very good at explaining the physical, biological, as well as the psychological um, and emotional impacts. So I would say those are some good resources. Yeah, and I, I can put some links um, in the description of this episode if people want to look in that information and, and click to find out and learn more. We'll also put some links back to um, to you and um, on mercyone.org, which is our website. Um, anything else that we should do, we should cover here while we have you, um, just to talk a little bit in, about any other aspects of post-traumatic stress? Um, I know we've kept it. Um, really kind of applicable to, to not just military members, but members of the general public. But, but even though, I mean, you've got a unique perspective with your own work as a veteran, your own service as a veteran, Dr. Otavi, um, I want to make sure that, that we can kind of explore that a little bit if you'd like to. Sure. Yeah. I think I, I entered as a behavioral health officer in 2010 and there was a lot of mobilizations with the Iowa National Guard to be specific. And, and there was a lot of mobilization back then and, and, and for, for soldiers going over to Afghanistan and Iraq and, you know, being over there for anywhere from nine months in country. Some people even had extended tours um, of up to 18 months uh, in, in combat zones. And while people are certainly trained for those situations um, and, and, and ready and, and willing to go serve, they, they are just very high stress. And, and demanding in different ways. And, and people's training comes through for them in many ways. But then sometimes after they return, there's other stressors and, and things start to set in as we talked about some of the symptoms and traits and, it, and they hit other life stressors and, and just get to sort of a stuck place. Um, and, you know, it certainly, I think the military is doing better at screening, trying to assess, trying to be out in front of the issue, uh, learning for sure over the last 10 to 12 years that I've been in, um, but it's still still a challenge. Um, and uh, But the awareness is up, our knowledge keeps growing, um, getting people re referred to, to services early is, is very important. Um, so that's that's been an area that I've been close to in different ways, um, both, uh, pre-mobilization, and then even in just the overall resiliency training that goes on in units. Uh, the guard's been more my experience, so drilling weekends and then some summer trainings, but I know these things are for sure going on with full-time uh, regular army and other branches of the service. You know, one of the areas too, I think that very much overlaps, and I got training through the Iowa Army National Guard as well, is in uh, very similar to first responders, so firefighters, law enforcement, and um, EMT paramedics, you know, they can face, you know, more, more trauma in a couple shifts than some people are going to see in a lifetime. And, and that's also true sometimes of a couple days in a combat zone. And so it's, it's the quantity of those things uh, that really has an impact and, and sort of 
makes the difference. And, and I think working on resiliency in those areas um, is, is being researched and really brought along as well, meaning, you know, things like even uh, mindset work and, and yoga-based and breathing techniques to help regulate and, and process stress uh, that comes up on the jobs uh, for military and first responders. And of course, for any of us in civilian life as well, uh, but processing that stress, uh, building different types of skills ongoing, and, and then that can absolutely be incorporated into specific therapy and, and is a good groundwork too, to, to kind of get your best outcomes. If it does get to a point where, you know, therapy uh, sessions are gonna be helpful and needed. And um, just real quick too, um, we talked about resources that were available kind of more for the general public. Are there any specific resources to members of the military or, um, you know, you mentioned EMTs, paramedics and, and healthcare and the um, resources for, for those as well? Yeah, I mean, the there's some out there. The ones from the VA that I'm familiar with are apps that are, you know, Android and iPhone. So put out by the VA or the Department of Defense. I'll list a few of those. I mean, one one for, for PTSD is called PTSD Coach. Uh, that one's out there. Uh, mindfulness Coach is also put out by the VA uh, with mindfulness, meditation, um, being able to anchor yourself and regulate yourself well and have a practice of that are built into quite a few of these apps. Um, the... Uh, Insight Timer is another one that has a lot of things with meditation. And uh, so those are some of the, the bigger ones. Um, they, they keep putting new ones out all the time. And uh, I know certain apps um, for sort of wellness are, are out there. And the uh, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy goes by ACT, A-C-T. Uh, there's some different apps and resources for that um, to, again, just keep people's growing and having some practices to help with their flexibility, adapting to the challenges that are there uh, with uh, life stressors as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, this subject and and um, all kinds of related to behavioral health, I mean, the, really all we can do in the time that we're allowed in our in our podcast, only 15 or 20 minutes is, is barely scratching the surface. So um, wanted to just kind of note that too that just you know this conversation here general just kind of diving into the topic um, but knowing that all those additional resources are out there for folks um, and professional help um, available all throughout the state of Iowa um, that that we can find too so well Dr. Tom Otavi a psychologist and a veteran caring for patients in Dubuque Iowa thank you for, so much for joining us today to talk about this Oh, sure. Glad to do it. A very important topic and, and good to keep our awareness growing. If you have any thoughts or questions, make sure to email them to podcast at mercyhealth.com. Once again, that's podcast at mercyhealth.com. Or you can visit us on our website, mercyone.org slash podcast. There's a submission form you can fill out and also find all of our other episodes. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, live your best life. Thank you.